Okay, so today we're back again, and um, we're just gonna kind of leave where, or start where we left off last time. Um, Sean's again on the phone, so hopefully the audio is good. He's not driving yeah. this time, so. No, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rocking some like headphones and stuff, so like, I'm hoping the sound quality is better this time around, hopefully. Um, we'll see. I don't. I honestly don't know what it was like last time. Hopefully, it was atrocious. Yeah, I know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even listen. So hopefully. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So um, okay, you want to take it away? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I guess that works. So I know last time our last podcast we were talking about um, recognizing in your life when you need to potentially set boundaries with individuals loved ones colleagues whatever it may be um and i was talking about my personal experience about how you know at work i really wasn't getting along very well with my father and we were hand hand together and um i was getting ready to kind of have a conversation with him about switching roles up a little bit so that we weren't so kind of it wasn't such a teamwork environment with us like there's a little bit more separation there and um, we were able to kind of see a little bit less of each other so that, you know, we could kind of get over some of the rough stuff. You know what I mean? Like just, just that little bit of space. Sometimes you just need a little bit of space to build a process and everything. Um, so I was getting ready to do that. And after our last podcast, you know, I did a lot of thinking. I did some journaling, which I've been honestly slacking on a little bit and it felt really good to do, just kind of get everything out. And what I kind of came to the conclusion of was that you know my dad's behavior wasn't really it hadn't really changed um he was he's pretty consistent as a human being um it was really my behavior that changed and i was the one that was actually kind of being a little toxic in that um relationship and you know i was the one going to work in a negative state of mind i know we've touched base before on um me really kind of toying with the idea of different career paths and knowing that this isn't really what I wanted to do anymore and so on and so forth so after I came to the conclusion that you know I was arguably affecting the relationship I have with my dad to a certain degree I mean we were really starting to butt heads um, I was coming home um, in a really negative state of mind um, for you know a couple weeks um, so much so that you know my partner had actually mentioned a couple times that she was like you know, if you're not willing to do anything about your situation, like you need to stop complaining about it. Um, which is a little bit rough because sometimes you just want to feel heard, but at the same time, if you're not willing to take action to rectify situations or to actively uh, try to better your situation, then really all you are doing is complaining and you're just looking for somebody to, you know, give you attention. So um, what I decided to do was quit my job. And that is actually what I did yesterday, I believe. I believe it was, yeah, yesterday. So yesterday I had a conversation with my boss and just told him that, hey, look, um, my girlfriend's uh, running her own company right now. She needs a little bit of help over the next couple of weeks. So I'm gonna phase into that and help her do that. And then as soon as her um, landscaping season is done, then I'm gonna go back to school. And uh, he was Shocked? upset. Oh. Yeah, he was. It, it was interesting too because, like, him and I had just recently had a conversation about um, 
me needing more money. <laughs> and it was, um, I do a lot of traveling. So I just told him that like he does pay because the, my work situation and that we're unionized, he does pay some level of travel for me. So like I do get like gas money, so to speak, to go to work, um, which is really nice. It just wasn't meeting the needs I had because a gas prices are ridiculous and I do three to 400 kilometers of driving a day. Um, so it just, it just adds up quite significantly. Um, so him and I had just had a conversation and he agreed to every term I laid out, he agreed to no problem. Yep. I got it. I don't want you to go anywhere. And then like a week later, I'm like, Oh, listen, man. (laughs) So I really appreciate you who, uh, you give me everything I wanted, but like, uh, apparently like it's still not enough. And like mentally I'm checked out and I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm at the point right now where it's starting to affect everything else in life. So it's time to move on. And I know, uh, we've had the conversation before about like, we both kind of get to that point with massive decisions in our lives where, um, I'm, I, I'm reluctant to change. Like change scares me to a certain extent. And then as soon as I accept it and I move forward with it, I always look back and go like, Oh my God, why did it take me so long? This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my last relationship. And this is, I'm very confident going to be another one of those decisions where, you know, I'm absolutely terrified to make the choice. And once I have, like, I already, I feel significantly lighter. Um, my girlfriend mentioned last night I got home. She's like, you haven't been in this positive of a state of mind in quite a while. And it's really nice to see. So yeah, I'm excited to see what the next uh, couple of weeks and months bring. It should be interesting. Well, yeah, I think like anything else, um, people get stuck in their, that comfort zone and, you know, and change is always difficult. But I, I always think um, we have to sort of be kind of like pushed to that change. Like we know it's, we kind of like mull it over in our minds, um, probably for a length of time, as we both know that we both do. But then it's sort of like, okay, well, you know what? Now I'm between a rock and a hard place. I have to make a decision. Because indecision is also a decision that people don't understand too. Um, I agree completely. And it's very interesting um, the way that the vast majority of the major life choices that I have made um, in my adult life anyway, it seems to be that way where it's a very drawn out experience and then there'll be like that final straw that broke the camel's back so to speak and next thing you know I'm like I just can't possibly stay in this position anymore something needs to give something needs to change and then I embrace the change and then my life gets exponentially better so it's a really interesting process that I'm obviously still actively trying to work on um where I'm so reluctant, and this is a lot, this really has my, my anxiety really does play into this quite a bit, where um, I'm quite good at what I currently do. Um, I'm very comfortable in that regard. I can walk into pretty much any situation at work and know exactly what needs to be done, be able to take charge of a situation. I'm quite good at that. So the idea for me having absolutely mastered something 
to then start from scratch again, you know, that's where my anxiety comes into play. There's a lot of insecurity there. You know, um, are you intelligent enough? Are you actually going to be able to handle a different setting? Um, these kind of things. And like, it just slowly, slowly chips away at my own confidence. And, and, you know, then I become reluctant to make a decision because I feel like I've I'm probably going to fail or it's possible that I'm going to fail. And, you know, all of these little tiny insecurities and negativities, they compound into this reluctance to move. And then before you know it, you kind of feel like you're drowning. You know, you, you can't stay where you are, but you're too prepared to move forward. And it gets into a really rough state. So this is where, you know, therapy and and learning some skills really come into play where it's much easier to navigate the situation. Um, my work one, it, it's been a very strange year. I know um, we had a conversation at the start of the year, you and I, about setting up kind of a plan, like an exit strategy. Yeah. Um, and I had a couple of little plans put together that I was really happy with. I was super confident with them. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And then, like, every single, not, not a single one of them really worked out the way I wanted it to. Um, and then it just becomes another excuse not to move forward. So, yeah, it's it's a very interesting experience, and it's quite the learning curve. Um, and I'm hoping that now that I'm starting to make, you know, I've made a couple pretty big life changes and choices over the last couple of years that they're going to start falling down a little bit easier, and I'm going to be able to start actively moving forward at an easier rate. I'm not going to hit these walls as frequently. I'm sure there will still be struggles, but I'm hoping that like understanding that, you know, my next job doesn't need to be the perfect job. It just needs to be something that I enjoy more than I'm doing now. And like there's endless room for growth Um, and adapting that slightly more positive mindset really helps move you forward. Um, I think I was kind of, getting to a place like I said with my insecurities and my anxiety where you're kind of dragging or drowning in this sea of negativity a little bit even about just one aspect of your life and you know once you're in a negative state of mind everything in your life is going to come up negative that's all you're going to really um, bring forward you know what I mean so hopefully we have some positive change coming up and I'm excited to see what happens well because you it's it's so true like People think, you know, um, okay, because look at your life if you really looked at it at a whole, like last week, we'll say. Your relationship is good, your home life is good, but then your job, which is the majority of your life, is is hard for you or challenging. So, of course, it's going to seep into all those other, if it's a circle, it's going to keep seeping into part of that circle right like it's gonna bleed into the rest of your your whole which is exactly what you spoke about with the negative thoughts yeah absolutely it's a negativity is contagious so if you have one aspect especially like a, a large aspect of your life um that's an extremely negative event for you or experience um i'm, I'm not saying everybody needs to absolutely love going to work well, um, I think they should. I think they should. I, I, I think it's a difficult thing to ask, but I think you should have a job that, you know, at least, you know, it's some, it's inspiring or you're, you're taking a certain amount of positivity out of it every day where you feel fulfilled at the end of the day. Um, I get home from work and I, I literally, I feel 
emotionally and mentally drained. Um, I feel physically shattered. Um, it's a very difficult job physically and mentally. But it's also the fact that, like, if you really enjoyed it, sure, you can make a career out of it. There's there's tons of people that do. But when you're not there mentally and then you're able, like, you just focus on all the negativities, right? You focus on how sore you are. You focus on, you know, I was up at 4.30 this morning, did a two-hour commute. Like, you, you start focusing on some really nasty stuff and then you kind of spiral. And that's where I was. I was kind of in the midst of a, a work spiral, negative spiral. Well, so, we, we do that thing, too, about the, the cost-benefit analysis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great tool. Yeah, and it's good for everything. So when the, the cost was outweighing the benefit, and so yeah. it's not Last viable. Point. It's not viable. Well, yeah, and, and for me, like, I'm in a – it's a very – healthy really at least yeah it's, it's a very healthy relationship I'm very happy and the idea that that I, I couldn't get to the like I was at the point where I couldn't drop the negativity from work when I walked in the door at home so like so you know, add that to your has, commute <laughs> exactly exactly so the fact that um, you know everybody has bad days at work and you're going to come home and you're going to be upset. I mean, you're human. Everybody has bad days, period. Embrace it. Accept it. That's life. But when it starts becoming a routine of me getting home and being like, oh, yeah, I can't believe this happened today or oh, well, and, and going into like a little bit of a rant or just being upset or negative and bringing down the vibe of, you know, my partner and the entire household, like, that's not okay. And like, she's was very respectful and you know kind of helped get me through it to a certain extent and then she's like i'm gonna slap you in the face tell you to wake up and be like if you're not willing to do anything about it then stop complaining about it which is which is really nice because that's i need somebody like that personally it, it really helps snap me awake and realize that like oh no like i am bringing you down this is affecting you just as much as it's expect or expecting or affecting me sorry and you know the the sad truth is is the vast majority of people are much more likely to take care of their loved ones better than their yeah care we were of talking themselves. about that last week it's yeah like, so it was a, it's, it's, crazy. it's really yeah like that kind of podcast really kind of came full circle for me a little <laughs> bit because it, it was you know I did some journaling and like stuff just started like finding its place mentally and I was just like okay you know this is affecting you know two cherished relationships. Um, I'm miserable, physically stressed out. You know what I mean? I'm just like, why? Why am I doing this? Um, my girlfriend literally told me, she's like, quit your job. She's like, go sell pizzas. She's like, go be a pizza delivery guy. She's like, who cares? She's yeah, like, do whatever you want. She, who she literally, cares? She, she, she was like, do whatever. She's like, if you want like a part-time job, she's like, do it. I'm lucky enough that financially I have a little bit of a nest egg, so I do have a nice little buffer that I can play with for the next arguably probably six months or so. So when we made the decision that I was going to quit, you know, I sat down and I ran some finances and I kind of played with the idea of how much I'm willing to eat into that nest egg to kind of toy with some career options and kind of figure some stuff out. And um, yeah, once I accepted that, I was it was like, let's go. I'm ready. I think, though, because um, like going globally, um, you know, they're calling it the great 
uh, resignation yeah the great resignation because a lot of people have come to that realization right oh i i I agree completely like this yeah that that hits home that definitely hits home for me yeah because it was like it got to the point where like it didn't like my work didn't resonate to the point where like it was making me sick like that's how out of whack I was. Like it was physically making me ill. And I want to do a disclaimer because you know you always have to because you're gonna get you know the people who are listening. To, I am not endorsing everyone to quit and be happy. And you know that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, you know, I listen to um, what clients are telling me, and then when certain patterns keep coming up. It's just asking some hard questions. And it's not if, you know, I'm not, I'm not endorsing, oh, well, just go quit your job and, and follow your passion. If, if financially, or you have responsibilities that you cannot do that. I'm just saying, maybe you should just take stock in what's important. And your mental health should be way up there. So. I agree. I mean, the, the conversation I had with my father went very differently obviously due to these circumstances than the conversation I was expecting to have after our last podcast so you know I was expecting to have this very you know boundary setting conversation where I'm like hey listen man I'm starting to not like being around you (laughs) but in reality I was like okay listen like I'm miserable I need to do something else um and like it's time for me to move on I'm like if I end up back here in a couple years you know, it is what it is. That's not necessarily the goal, but like, if it happens, it happens. But like, I'm at the point right now where financially, I'm 28 years old. Um, my living situation is I, I can handle my living expenses with very minimal income coming in for the next couple months without any real stress. Um, so it was like, okay, I got to, I got to do it now. I got to do it now because the, the biggest issue is what I look at and I, I get a lot of financial stress and I get a lot of financial anxiety and like, I like to be, I like to have my little nest egg tucked away for a rainy day. And like, I'm very old school conservative when it comes with money. And the way I look at it is I'm 28, you know, my girlfriend and I are very, very happy. We have discussed, um, children. If we, potentially might want to have them at some point in time um and that that kind of changes the game a little bit um i start to you know not necessarily lose my ability to move um fluidly from career to career or job to job but i don't lose it it just kind of makes it a little bit more challenging and like it's already hard enough for me to do so if you have you know kids at home and you're trying to support you know a family and everything like that you know, you don't necessarily go out and quit your job right off the hop. Like, I don't have anything to fall back on right now. I just, that's how crazy I am. I literally was just like, but I'm I not that person. Sometimes, I needed it. I needed the cold plunge. Right, but that's, I think, I think that's a lot of people. I don't think there's, uh, I know they say that, you know, this is what you do, but I think most of, you don't hear, and if, I'm, you know, any success story that you hear um unless you are you you've inherited your wealth um 
right? Or, you know, it's generational wealth. You hear like the, the, the most horrific stories of like, even like Jim Carrey, he was living in his car. Like you, you hear like before somebody makes it, it's like I have to go full in and believe in myself more than anyone else believes in me and and take that plunge whatever it takes and i know that because like you know you could name any story it's never it's never somebody who's like okay so yeah they had this great job or they had the job and then they 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 were doing this thing on the side and this thing on the side just blew up and they were just able to transition like steve jobs literally was in his parents garage you know (laughs) Like, oh, it, know. it's yeah. always, like, these weird-off stories that where somebody, you know, catapults well, into greatness. I think, um, at least from my experience anyway, and this is part of the reason why I had to do, like, the cold plunge and, like, quit without really having a job lined up. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know, I've been on like Indeed.ca looking up jobs for like months, or like at least a month, a solid month anyway. Um, barely regularly, within 50 kilometers of where I live, I could probably recite to you every job posting, and there's like 2,000. Uh-huh. So, fairly regularly. Um, and you know what? I, like, I skimmed, and I'm like, no, 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 can't do it. Probably not. Oh, don't have to. No, 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 no. And then I start to realize, like, it's very difficult to put yourself out there when you're sitting on – like, you're in the comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I'm was i in the comfort zone. It's very uncomfortable for me to be in there because I don't want to be there, but it's very safe. It's a very safe space. So when you're in a space like that where, you know, you can put food on the table, um, your basic necessities for life are being met, it's very, very, very hard – to step out of that environment into something that is, you know, a little bit unexpected or unreliable or you don't know where it's going to go. It's, that's a very hard thing to do. It goes against a lot of, like, survival instinct, in my opinion. Um, so that's why I needed it because, like, as long as I have the fallback of, like, oh, well, like, I get to go up and go to work today and, like, you know, my bills are paid, then I'm probably not going to look for anything different. I'm probably not going to actually find something that I deem worthy enough of my time to go pursue. But if I need a paycheck coming in, I'm like, sure, I'll do that job. Sure, I'll try that. Oh, here's some life experience. It's, it's, that's the way it works for me. My mindset's very different. But then, okay, I, there's also that, that big one. If not now, then when? Exactly. Well, that's it. Like, for me, it just from this point forward, and it's never too late to do a Hail Mary and switch your life up. It's never too late. But for me, I'm, I'm about to enter into a phase of my life where it will just become exponentially more difficult. Not impossible, just more difficult. So I look at it as like, if there's a time to do it, do it now. I've been thinking about it for so long and haven't acted on it. It's like, it's, it's like now's the time. And it's very strange because it was a, it's a choice that gave me, or a decision that gave me unbelievable amounts of anxiety leading up to it but once I decided I was done accepted it and was like no I'm putting this I'm I'm holding myself accountable to the decision I have made may it be right or wrong it is my choice and I will stand by it 
my anxiety disappeared. There you go. It was go. gone. It was literally gone. And, and like, and the amount of confidence I had was quite impressive considering, you know, it wasn't just literally a pool of anxiety. So, um, it just goes to show you that like we are in my case anyway, I am 100% my own worst enemy. I get in my own way. Well, everybody so, does. Everybody, because really what, what is the catalyst to all of this? Our thoughts. And as we, you know, we, we've spoken about this many times, our thoughts are not real, right? It's our perception of our thoughts, just like anxiety. Anxiety exists for, um, because of a future event. You're, you're worried about something that hasn't happened or your perception of your thoughts about something. So an example, I was talking to my friend and we, he was talking about like, you know, some people, you know, when they go listen to fireworks, they get anxiety from that noise, right? But it's not, it's not an actual thing. It's just the perception of the the whole event. So when you start really, you know, and I, I talk about this all the time, when you start really thinking about the root cause of where all of these emotions are stemming from, you realize 99% of the time, they're not real. Nothing is, is real about whatever you're thinking. Like those, the anxiety of like, look, look what you said, as soon as I just made the plunge and, and I'm standing by it, my anxiety dissipated. Because you're realizing, what are you really anxious about? I know um, when I was younger, my parents used to always be like, you are what you eat. <laughs> they used to love. They used to love saying that, yeah. right? So like, you yeah. eat junk food. You know what I mean. You are what you eat. Eat healthy. Um, but you are how you perceive yourself. Exactly. So and perception's you, not reality, right? It is exactly right. So, but the, it's tricky because perception is not reality, but how you perceive yourself can dictate your reality. It's a very tricky circle. At least for me, it is because when I start to think I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough to do something, it stops me in my tracks before I even try because I'm so scared of the failure that I feel like I know is about to happen. So because I perceive myself to be unworthy, it then dictates my reality, which is, which is yeah. really not a good, yeah. I mean, it is in either way. If you, if you perceive yourself to be absolutely awesome and you couldn't, you can't possibly fail and your, you know, life is great, more than likely, you know, you're going to accomplish some stuff. You have that confidence behind you. You're willing well, to take the risk. You're willing to go for it. Well, because it's like this. Nothing, if you can, if you can just twist that thought pattern of nothing is a failure. Nothing. If you learn something from, like, even if it doesn't go as you planned, but you learned a valuable lesson, how is that a failure? Yeah, and that's that is exactly where I am trying to get my line of thought on a regular basis. I can get there, but to stay within that realm is very challenging for me. Um, and my girlfriend laughs at me because, like, most stuff that I do in my regular life, I've been doing for quite a while, and I'm I'm quite good at it. So, like, um, for my job, for example, like I'm very good at that. There, there's very few new skills other than 
the stuff I've been kind of learning in therapy and some of the communication skills I've been working on. But there's there's very few new skills that I've really had to learn. So a lot of that has to do from like like I said, a feel a fear of failure, which is ridiculous. I'm embarrassed to try something new in front of people for the first time because I feel like I won't do it as effectively as I feel like I should. So oh. that's that's so crazy. that's a perfectionism thing. So that's oh, just okay. Yeah. But and, okay, think about this. I just want you to think about this too. Is the fact that okay, how would you know if okay if everything that you did right was worked out? Then how would you know? what's good and what's bad how would you differentiate what's happy what's sad if everything you know you put your mind to and you never failed or you never experienced sadness or you never experienced grief or you never like you know what i mean like if everything was a hundred percent all the time how would you know how what life how would you be experiencing life i don't know if you would no, I don't think I don't. You'd you need that anything. contrast. You absolutely need the contrast. I agree. I agree because like those, you know, those down moments really allow you to appreciate the up moments. Well, and, all of the things build a, a new skill. So if you go through something, well, you build resiliency. If you know, like it's it's all yeah. learning, oh. right? Yeah, I yeah. It, it's all yeah. It all builds character. It all builds. It's all your own personal growth journey. Um. And I'm, I, and this is this is hilarious because my my girlfriend has done she did five or six years of therapy and like fairly cognitive behavioral therapy. She did like I think she was like a weekly. She was very similar to me. I think she went once a week for like two years, and then she did like biweekly for the last like three or four. Like she went quite a bit. Um, so it's very interesting to be in a relationship with somebody that has kind of learned a lot of the lessons that I'm working on um, because it's very nice for her to be able to give me kind of the little nudges in the right direction, but at the same time, like, she understands where I am mentally, so she's respectful of it. So she's like, we need to get you in situations where, like, you can experience failure. Right. And she's like, She's a snowboarding instructor in the winter. She does it um, as a part-time job. She loves it. She loves teaching kids how to snowboard. She grew up snowboarding, absolutely loves it, super passionate about it. And she's like, I'm going to teach you how to snowboard this year. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> right? And my brain's just so, like, I'm like, It's been I'm nice knowing you, Sean. Yeah, I, I've, had, I've enjoyed this time together. <laughs> I, I, I know, right? Like, I'm like, how badly is this going to hurt? And Not as bad like, as your job. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. that's fair. She literally said she's like, I can't wait to see because I definitely have those, you know, some subtle perfectionism kind of traits. She's like, I can't wait to see what happens when you when you suck. Yeah. And she's like, and you need to learn to embrace it because like when you fail, she's like, all you're doing, you're learning the lessons, and you're able to pick yourself up again, and you're able to move forward. She's like, and then once you start getting into like progression and you start learning again, I think that's part of the issue with me with, with my job personally, um, was that like when I was younger, when I, I started this at like, I started ironworking at like 17, 18, um, 
and like I was a sponge, right? Like I found all the guys, the best guys that I I could possibly work with. I I would pick them out. I would go work for them as with uh, as an apprentice. I would soak up everything they had to offer. I wanted to be great, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that my dad is very very good at his job and quite well known. So like I kind of had this massive chip on my shoulder as like a prodigal, you know, protege kind of coming up like ooh like what could he do? And like I really felt that, so I really 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 wanted to be a good student and I really wanted to excel. And a lot of that was because I didn't want it to look bad on my dad. And this took me a long time to figure out. And then once I hit a certain stage, I realized that and like it sounds incredibly cocky, but I was I, I just ended up being better than most mm-hmm. the vast majority like because I took it very very seriously a lot of guys you know it's just a job just puts food on the table good great good for you like do what you gotta do but for me I took it seriously I wanted I wanted to be exceptional and I got to a point where I was quite good and then it started to deteriorate because it, I realized and well actually I didn't realize this until like halfway through therapy but I had hit a ceiling and there was nowhere left to go. That's right. And when you have 30, 35 years left in a career with nowhere left to go, no, no, I've been 310 feet in the air on a four inch wide beam walking around. Once you've done stuff like that, it's very difficult. Like there's nowhere, there's nowhere, no upward trajectory. I know all the tricks. I've been there. I've done it. And it just gets to the point where it's just a tedious, repetitious, it's just, it just eats away at your soul because there's, there's no real nourishment there for you. There's not, you're not learning, you're not experiencing anything new. You're just basically putting up the same building in different spots. And I want to, I want to add that, um, that is, uh, one of the causes of dementia, by the way. Oh, when I you're um, in a in a job and you're on autopilot and you're not learning anything new and you're stagnated yeah. and just because you're perfect at your job and all those people who are like just counting down to retirement, I think that's horrible. But that's just my personal opinion that anyone, oh, I have five more years, I have two more years. I think that is horrible. Oh, I started counting like three or four years ago and it's a big number. <laughs> when you're like, oh yeah, every like I work with a lot of guys. Like I got two years left. I'm like I got 33. Well, I always say I can't retire. So how about that? I always laugh. I I never even said years. I just said winters. That's winters why I decided to get into something that I enjoy, where it's not going. I it's not that I can't retire. Well, I can't retire, but I mean, it's it doesn't feel like a job to me, anyways. So I will do this until I can't do it. I had I had this conversation um, with my dad actually like quite a while ago when I had first like really started getting restless. This was before, no, probably just after um, my ex and I broke up. So probably around um, New Year's, twenty twenty. Um, and I was talking to my dad about this, and I was like, I want out. I don't want to do it anymore. My dad's like, well, just think about your pension. Cause I, I do have a very good like workplace pension. He's like, you know, you're on track for, you know, I'll probably get like $7,000, $8,000 a month to my pension fund when I retire. Like he's like, think about that. And I'm like, that's great, man. So but kill like, yourself to get that seven. Yeah. And what, yeah, what happened? You're not promised. So 
I don't know if he has a I'm, trick that I'm I don't watched, know about. I think ours is guaranteed up to 70%. So because they invest it and they try to make it grow, like they can, yeah, anyway. No, anyway. but I mean, like, you're not guaranteed to live till you're oh, retired. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> so not. So I'm like... No. Especially um, doing what I do. Like, yeah, so, yeah, like, I'm any, just... Anything could happen. I'm just thinking, like, that's all well and good if, you know, everything is planned how financially you're planning it. But I, I, I just think, okay, so if you're waiting to start, like, like I, this is, I know we're getting way off topic, but it's just because of what we're talking about, of people are always delaying gratification, Right? Like, it's like, okay, so I will do that when I do this. I will do that when I do this. Like, you're not living your life. You're living an, a term of your life. Like, so, okay, uh, see, I can't wait to retire because when I retire, I'll get, I'm killing myself now so that I can get six to $8,000 a month when I retire. Think about what you just said and do, say it slowly and then think about what you're saying. I'm going to oh. delay living right now. Yep, yep. I'm going to delay my happiness because I'll be happy when I retire. And of course, we all know, you know, we've heard stories that either people don't even make it to retirement. Um, my parents, well, my dad definitely didn't. And my mom couldn't retire because she got sick. So there's that plan. So my thought process obviously is completely different than maybe most. Yeah, well, you you lived through it you you bear witness to nothing being guaranteed in life so and they did all those things so like they checked all those boxes my mom was a registered nurse so she had you know pension my dad worked for transport canada when he was here and then the government in trinidad like so like check 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 with you know retirement assets investments all of the yep life insurance all of these things for retirement but and then life has other plans. So you're nail on the head, like perfect, because it's literally what I told my dad. Very similar. I said it a little bit more aggressively and with some swearing involved probably. <laughs> but um, I told him, I said, okay, listen, man. I'm like, I'm 28 years old. I've been doing this for 11 years. My body is, you know, starting to deteriorate already. The... I told him, like, I'm like, what is the point of retiring at 55 or however old, 60, whatever, with an $8,000 a month pension when I'm broken? I can't enjoy those years because I'm in a so much pain or whatever it may be, right? Most guys that I see that retire, they're they're beat up. They've been through it. So I'm like, it's, I told him, like, you've got to look at what you value the quality of life. I'm like, so we have a guy we work with. Um, he actually went to high school with myself and my younger brother. My younger brother got him a job working with us a couple of years ago. His dad is 70, 72, still working, works from home, and he's worked from home for like a decade. Um, he is runs his own insurance brokerage, and he's pulling in like 130 grand a year. And he works like four hours a day from home and making phenomenal money. And th- he's the example I use for my dad. I'm like, okay, so look at this guy. I'm like, he's not quote unquote retired like you would be. I'm like, sure, he still has, you know, a couple hours a day he puts in at work. But I'm like, look at the income he's bringing in. Look at the quality of the life he's got. And I'm like, 
do you understand where I'm going with this? I'm like, you know, he's able to do this job for as long as he wants, as long as he remains, you know, present cognitively. He's set up. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're okay with that, then good on you. As long as it's something you enjoy. He seems to really like it. Every time I've talked to him, he's goes on and on about it for free. He loves it. So, like, good for you, man. And this is a guy that he switched careers when he was 50. There you go. Because yeah, there's, there's he never an age. People have yeah. this misconception that, oh, it's too late for me to do that. I can't start over. Why? These are all limitations. But, I don't know, made up by who? Society? You know, somebody else? Like, you could do whatever you want to do at whatever age. It's yeah. your decision it's, it's just, to do it. That's it. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, he's like, well, you know, he's like, do you really want to be working when you're 70? I don't care. And I'm like, and I'm I'm healthy, I don't. I don't care if I love what yeah, I'm doing. I don't care. That's what I said. I'm like, well, I don't want to be iron working when I'm 70 because that would be horrible. <laughs> but, like, if it was, you know, a job that was relatively low stress, low impact, why not? And, I mean, I'm a firm believer in a body in motion stays in motion. So, like, I know a lot of guys that work in the trades and are very, very hands-on, very busy, very physical beings. And then, you know, when they go into retirement and they take 30, 40 years of heavy activity and then they come to a screeching halt, like their bodies don't like that. No, because you're not moving. You're not moving. So like, you know, I know of like quite a few people in the trades whose fathers were in the trades and their fathers passed away very shortly after retirement. And they were relatively healthy up until they retired. And it's it's literally, their body was just so used to being in such an active state. And then you just, you know, okay, guess what? You're going to do nothing now. Like, they just deteriorate. I don't think people understand mentally, you know, I don't know. People talk about this retirement, retirement, retirement. But I don't think you mentally are prepared for something that you've been conditioned for, for, you know, pretty much 30-year career. Um, or even 40 as you said and then you don't have to go and do anything I don't think people understand mentally that's not even a good place to be either no like so this is the interesting part and again this is a conversation I've had with my dad and I I said okay $8,000 a month I'm like that's really great I'm like but that's a long ways away I'm like so what is the actual evaluation of that $8,000 a month going to be in, you know, 2050? Is it going to be still be worth $8,000 or is it going to be closer to like $4,000 with, you know, the next 30 years of inflation and everything like that, right? So like your living expenses going to keep continue to go up, like like how much money are we really talking about here? And then that eight thousand is pretty much locked in. And then so. that is also not being able to do as you know because of your commute, because of any of all like the actual physical um, condition of your your job. That's not being able to build something on the side so that it doesn't matter. You're not completely dependent on that pension. Exactly. So like you. You could don't get me wrong. You could still probably rock a little side hustle if you wanted. Oh, I I have a hard time. My commute's ridiculous, but um, a lot of guys. I'm sure you could, but a lot of guys are very dependent. Like that's a really nice 
chunk of change to have coming in every month. So they're really dependent on that. But the problem is, is what is the cost of living realistically going to look like? So for me, it would be absolutely heartbreaking if I made it to retirement, this, this golden magical, you know, age where I'm like, I'm finally over. I can, you know, now is my opportunity to live my best life. And then I realized that like, oh no, I, I need to keep working because I, I this $8,000 isn't actually going to cover my living expenses. I mean, I'm sure you would kind of figure that out before you actually retire, but still, that would be heartbreaking for me. That would be shattering. And I'm sure there's a lot of people there. Like I see a lot of people that are arguably at retirement age that are, you know, working part-time jobs. You see a lot of people at Tim Hortons, uh, McDonald's, stuff like that, just trying to supplement their income. And like, it's just... It's very interesting. Other that, or uh, there's the boredom aspect too. I think because like you are living on a fixed income when you retire, typically, um, and you know anything, a lot of stuff in life costs money. So like you're gonna have a lot of days where like you're just you're just not really doing anything. You know, you might be productive around the house, you might do some reading, but like that's a hard place to be mentally. Yeah. Like, I need to stay, I personally need to stay moving. I know we've, uh, we're very similar to that. Like, I need to stay moving. I need to stay mentally doing stuff or I deteriorate personally. So, like, I'm good for, like, two or three days of, like, super laziness. But anything exceeding that point, like, I start to kind of hate myself a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I get, I start going into some negative spaces. So, for me, the idea of being able to do um, this is this is why I absolutely love the mortgage broker idea that you came up with um, for me. Um, a, I could do that very long term, um, and also I can do it for absolutely anywhere, which is starting to become more of an important part of a career choice to me than I really thought. But the ability to realistically be able to pack up your job and do it because you are your anywhere. job. That's the exactly. best thing. Yeah, you just literally, I need me, computer, and internet access, and arguably I could do my job. Well, my hopefully my potential future job. Right. So, to me, that's really interesting and important, I think. Um, the fact that the job I'm leaving had me very, very, very locked in, arguably, to a specific uh, geora- or geographical area. Um, due to that's where the work is. I can't, I'm, I'm, most guys I work with think I'm a lunatic for driving the amount I drive. I mean, I kind of think I'm a lunatic for doing it. Um, but like, it's very difficult. I couldn't really go any further than I am now from Toronto. But if I change into being a mortgage broker, I mean, I could go live in Thunder Bay if I wanted to. And I could have clients in Toronto. That's right. So to me, that's really like a really interesting kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, as usual, we went way over, but I think I want to like start ending these with, uh, besides just going, okay, gotta go. Uh, <laughs> see, ya. <laughs> see ya. I think I think the message here is, you know, it's not more of you know what if I fail, it's more like but what if I succeed, and I think that's the message of instead of just kind of like twin twinging your your thought patterns of not focusing on the negative aspect of something but trying to be and i'm not saying like go around and just be positive it's like really believing there's nothing 
bad that can happen? Like really, what's the worst that can happen? And when you, you when you start thinking like, what is the worst that can happen? Actually, nothing. Nothing. Nothing dire is going to happen. These are all made up scenarios that that we like to do. We like to like, you know, keep thinking. Oh my gosh, what if this? What if that? All of these negative thoughts that will never happen. I I know for a fact I am a worst case thinker. And that's from our parents because they were the always old, don't yeah, put your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Always have a contingency plan. Exactly. I'm like a mental doomsday prepper for yeah. like anything in my yeah. life. So you're in a bunker right now. Exactly. <laughs> and the the amount and this is another thing that was brought up in therapy that we talked mm-hmm. about. But the amount of times that that worst case scenario has actually come into fruition and actually been relevant in my life, I think was maybe like once. And honestly, I don't even think it was a worst case scenario. I think it was like a very, it was like a part of the worst case scenario. It wasn't even the full blown worst case scenario. Like your brain is is significantly more extreme than reality. Well, in a lot of these situations, think about, and people need to think about this in general. But you can think about as because I know personally, but you think about all the things that have happened in your life that lead you to where you are now and then you realize that they had to happen that had to happen exactly how it happened because you wouldn't be where you are now like i don't know have you ever seen that movie sliding doors no but i do really understand the point you're making yeah, like it, it's basically about that concept. It was Gwyneth Paltrow, I remember she was starring in it. And it was basically her life, like her, it showed her life if she chose a different door. And that's really what I believe life is. It's all about choices, right? So it's, we get to choose, we think that no, we don't have a choice. We, everybody is in control of our own lives. We all have a choice to make of which path we want to take, which experience we want to have, if we want to keep le- learning the lesson over and over and over like we spoke about with when people say, oh, why am I getting in the same relationship? Because you you haven't identified, you haven't learned the lesson, right? So you keep, you're destined to repeat it until you learn the lesson. And the universe will keep testing to see if you're dumb, right? Like they'll, they'll keep sending oh, yeah. like, are you still dumb? Okay, I guess you are, because here we go again, right? And it's and it's all it, when you really look and analyze it, like it's all about your self confidence and your self esteem, and again, your self love, right? Like the more you start knowing yourself and being true to yourself, and as you said, being confident in yourself, the same way you're confident in your previous career. See what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> like. You need to exude that confidence in every aspect of your life. I'm the best at this. I can't possibly fail because no matter, there's no such thing as failure. There's no such thing as failure, really. I'm, I'm, and this is really interesting, and this is a very strange place for me, but like, I'm excited to like kind of suck a little bit. It's weird because like, I'm excited to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not great, but like, I get to learn again. But and I you, get to grow. You haven't like, been I'm pumped in, yeah. for that. You haven't been in that place in a long time. So, of no, course. Yeah, it's been a very long time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and it's interesting because when I was in a more negative state of mind, 
about this subject, that was a fear point for me. That was, that was, you know, red flags, failure. Like you're not going to be great. And now I'm just like, man, I get to figure out like what I'm made of. I get to figure out like, can I figure this out? Am I, you know, how much can I learn? Like, can I find a couple good mentors that are willing to teach me and help me like learn this craft? You know what I mean? So for me, that's, that's exciting. And I get to really see, and the other thing is, is it's, it's a very self motivating. So I have to get up and I have to do everything. You know what I mean? Like I really need to do that. And that's a really good trade to be able to have. So I'm excited and we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep everybody updated. Yeah. Um, I have, work-ish like quotation mark work-ish <laughs> planned out for I think about the next month I have to help uh, my girlfriend with a couple big jobs she got um, one of her employees had to leave so she's a little short-handed so and perfect timing yeah it was literally like she's like so and so left I'm like it's all right I'll quit <laughs> there you go um, and then there is a ironwork job that is about 30 minutes north of me and my older brother is the owner of the he's the owner of the company oh good and so he needs help it's only like a week maybe two weeks long um but that will be my final your exit yeah (laughs) so to speak i'm done tomorrow's my last day with my current company then i start helping with the landscaping and then yeah he needs a little bit of help uh, a little bit north of me so I figured, yeah, why not? A week with him should be good. We always have a good time together. So, and then, uh, and then it will be school for a little while. So we'll see how that goes. Good things, good things. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, well, um, we'll talk next week, I guess. Yes, sounds have good. A, have a great week. You too. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. bye.